This episode of Ringer Dish is brought to you by our presenting sponsor, Bud Light. It's summertime, and that means it's time to get outside and enjoy the weather with some crisp, refreshing Bud Lights. Bud Light has the perfect summer lineup with Bud Light Lime and Bud Light Orange, both brewed with real citrus peels. New and just in time for summer is Bud Light Lemon Tea, brewed with real lemon peels and tea leaves. It's the ideal drink for summer, but it's only here for a limited time, so get it before it's gone. And to really get you in the summer spirit, Bud Light is giving everyone the chance to win the getaway of a lifetime. You can win two tickets aboard a VIP cruise to the Bahamas this summer, featuring a live performance by Jake Owen, and of course, plenty of Bud Light. For a chance to win, simply post your Bud Light summertime photos using the hashtags RealEnoughToGetAway and hashtag Bud Light Contest on Facebook and Instagram. See BudLight.com slash RealEnoughToGetAway for more details. Hello, welcome to Ringer Dish. I'm your host, Andrew Gurdadaro, and today we've got a very special episode for you. (laughs) It's 1999 Music Week at the Ringer, and we're going deep on the year in music that was weird, sublime, strange. It was a lot of things. Make sure to go to theringer.com right now to see our ranking of the year's best music. Come back all week. We're going to be publishing a ton of pieces, and they're all great. And as part of 199 Music Week, we're turning the clocks back and talking about maybe the most important night of 1999. That is the 1999 MTV Music Awards. Joining me here to talk about this momentous evening are staff writers Kate Nibs and Rob Harvilla. Guys, how you feeling? How you feeling? <laughs> After watching the 1999 VMAs again, I'm feeling uh, old. Yeah, that was yeah. that was my biggest takeaway. I think from this whole week of planning is like, wow, I'm mm. old. Yeah, just really coming to grips with that has been a little tough. Of course, the MTV VMA Awards were held on September 9th, 1999, which is nine 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 nine. If you guys didn't know. I saw the the graphic mm-hmm. in the corner uh, when I was watching it, and I distinctly remembered how much they hyped that up. <laughs> like MTV kept being like, "It's nine 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 nine. What's going to happen?" Um, I think they were sort of trying to tap into that millennium. Sense it's of- a hashtag before hashtags. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, it was held at the Metropolitan Opera House at Lincoln Center in New York City. Probably just the most glamorous affair to ever be held there. <laughs> Is that fair to say, Kate? Give I, me a look. Well, I was confused. I didn't realize that that was a place a venue for award shows at all. I don't think it is or was. And <laughs> right. I do remember at the time it being like a huge thing that MTV was doing something there. Yeah, strange choice. <laughs> Probably a good a good one-off, I think. That the first and last time, let's hope that's true, <laughs> even if that's not true. Just to emphasize exactly how huge this was and how 90s it was, I'm just going to read off the names that starts this show. Mm-hmm. Stick with me here. It's going to take a while. <laughs> Method Man, Jennifer Lopez, Janine Garofalo, Wyclef Jean, Renee Zellweger, Christina Aguilera, Gavin Rossdale, Susan Sarandon, Diana Ross, the cast of The Blair Witch Project, Ricky Martin, Madonna, Backstreet Boys, Janet Jackson, Charlotte Church, Stone Cold Steve Austin, TLC, Pamela Anderson Lee, 
Beastie Boys, Lauren Hill, Mark McGrath, Nine Inch Nails, Will Smith, Denise Richards, Puff Daddy, Jay Moore, Limp Biscuit, Jay Z, Snoop Dogg, Lil Kim, Regis Philbin, NSYNC, <laughs> Moby, Heather Locklear, Joey McIntyre, Lars Ulrich, Johnny Depp, Ozzy Osbourne, Mary J. Blige, Tom Green, Dr. Dre, the artist formerly known as Prince, Kid Rock, Fatboy Slim, Mira Sorvino, Eminem, Carson Daly, Jordan Knight, Freddie Prinze Jr., Britney Spears, Run DMC, and more. All the greats. <laughs> Rob, your thoughts. And Buddy Hackett. <laughs> and Buddy Hackett. Don't forget Buddy Hackett. Is Run DMC getting the last mention? One of the most, one of the largest <laughs> upsets of this whole the closer. <laughs> yes, absolutely. They've earned it. They've earned it in both the positive and the negative sense. Yeah, it's, it's it was their honor. Absolutely. So let me let me ask you both this. Take me back to where you were on nine 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 nine. Kate, what was going on in your life? Well, I was a twelve year old, <laughs> and I was also. A 12-year-old who was not allowed to watch MTV. Oh. oh. Cable. My parents got rid of cable because I watched too much TV, and they were worried <laughs> about me. Um, so I only watched TV when I went over to my friend Meg Wright's house. Shout out to Meg Wright, wherever you are. Her parents <laughs> let her watch MTV, so I would do all of my like music video viewing mm-hmm. there. We also watched uh, VH1's like that pop-up video. Oh, yeah. We watched mm, pop-up video cool. a lot. So I actually didn't watch the awards on 999. I think oh. I watched them. They were rerunning a lot. Yes. I rewatched them. Like, I remember watching them at this age, but I remember being really pissed off that I missed the magic. <laughs> I missed the live show. Was, was, school, read a was school the next day? Instead. Like, did you see the VMAs? <laughs> yeah. I was always getting made fun of for my lack of pop culture knowledge during this phase. Like, I got really owned by this girl for not knowing uh, Ironic, like the Alanis Morissette song. Yeah. So I remember being very stressed out that I couldn't watch it. And I was like, got to get to Meg Wright's house ASAP and consume this. Rob, how about you? That's a terrible story, Kate. I'm so sorry. Um, It's okay. uh, I was a junior in college. I was an okay. RA in my dorm, and I did not own a television. Um, wow. In a cool, very in a cool way, in a cool way, yeah. not in a pretentious way, in a cool way. Eighty-five gotcha. percent of my screen time in college was Goldeneye for a Nintendo sixty-four. I think <laughs> I was not yeah. slappers only. Uh, yes, <laughs> ideally, yes, Sla- or clobs only. That was the worst possible mm-hmm. setting. Uh, yeah, I, I was not Popaverse or like a rockist or anything, but you could find me uh, playing Built to Spill on my college radio station or playing Alice in Chain songs at open mic nights. Um, mm-hmm. You know, like remember when Chris Novacelic, the when Nirvana played Lithium at the VMAs, and Chris Novacelic threw this bass in the air and it hit him in the yes. head. It's like it is as though the bass hit me in the head instead. <laughs> and I, I don't remember anything about the VMAs from that moment until like Britney with a snake. So okay. I, I pretty much I did not experience this live. I, I, I did not look down on it per se, but it was just it was just not part of my extremely cool and unpretentious worldview at the time. <laughs> But the VMAs did have a sort of, they were an actual big deal. They actually mattered. Can you kind of explain this a little bit? Because they don't anymore. Yeah, I, 
I think it's down to just the biggest possible pop stars were still playing ball at this point. You know, like you have Madonna mm-hmm. there, you have the artist, you have Jay Z. You know, I you you have the Backstreet Boys and sync, Britney Spears. You have like the hit makers of of today of that moment who are willing to do this, who are willing to do whatever they can to be on this show, and that is just absolutely obviously not true anymore. You know, the VMAs of today would struggle to get you know anybody in the Beyonce Drake Rihanna tier unless they're willing to do like you know a lifetime achievement award and like give them 20 minutes of the show you know what I'm saying like it's it's Will Smith was willing to just sort of hang out and like introduce one thing and, and win one award you know and sit in front of corn Will Smith is sitting directly in front of corn <laughs> for the entirety of the show which must have been very frightening for him like it's just it, celebrities were tolerant of this show in a way that they are absolutely celebrities aren't tolerant of anything like this anymore including the grammys but it's just it just it had more prestige is not the word but it you know (laughs) people were willing to play ball with the show in 1999 in a way that they wouldn't be you know 10 years later maybe i will say that at the 2018 mtv video music awards the backstreet boys did perform that's true, but that, there's a little bit of a difference between the Backstreet Boys of '99 and, and all, all due respect to them, you know. But it's it's a little their star is in a different place, you know, in the in the, in the firmament. Yeah, and for young young people, this was an opportunity to see the new hitmakers. That was you didn't get to just see the Backstreet Boys or NSYNC or Britney Spears doing stuff in the way that like young pop stars today are available on social media. Sure, they, yeah. Right. Seeing them is less of an event. Yeah, MTV is still such a gatekeeper at this time. Yes. Kind yeah. of, they're the only ones giving us content. So let's get into it. We're going to do some categories and hand out some awards. The first one we're going to do is the most iconic moment. And I, I've, I've got a few nominees I'm going to throw out to you guys. I'm going to throw these out, not by importance, because I think... We probably all have the same answer here, but I'm going to do it chronologically. The first is Chris Rock, the host who hosted his opening monologue, which is introduced by a choir singing Kid Rock's Ball with Taba. <laughs> As he ascends to the stage in a white suit, but not a white button-down shirt. He's wearing a white undershirt under the white suit. It was a strong aesthetic choice. It was beautiful. Every, it was absolutely yeah. beautiful. They did put it together that Chris Rock and Kid Rock are both similar names and that you could do this. This is also, for Chris Rock, this was a month after Big Iron Blacker came out, which kind of made him a huge star. Another nominee here. I would say Britney Spears and NSYNC's performance. Their medley doing Hit Me Baby One More Time and then into some NSYNC songs and they're in a classroom really just going for that whole Hit Me Baby One More Time vibe. Uh, Joey Fatone has fire truck red hair. (laughs) Justin Timberlake has curly hair. It's really all happening. How'd you feel about that, Kate? I thought it was a nice look back to a more innocent moment in a lot of those people's lives. It was nice to see young Britney. Yes. yes. That was her first time, I mean, right? On the, on the yeah. BMS. Uh-huh. And it's the it's pre-Justin and Britney, too. So yes. that you get a little bit of that synthesis of a relationship. 
My next nominee is Stone Cold Steve Austin introducing Jay-Z. <laughs> you know any time I can take a break from beating the crap out of everybody Rob, how do you feel? Wow. <laughs> come here to the MTV Video Music Awards as a welcome change. Through the years, some of my favorite bands like Kiss and Van Halen have played the Video Music Awards. So tonight I'm excited to be presenting this next act. So put your hands together, cause Stone Cold said so, and give it up for Jay-Z. If you would have given me like 5,000 guesses for who Stone Cold Steve Austin was going to introduce, I would not have guessed Jay-Z at any point. Like the, He starts out saying like, yeah, man, I used to watch uh, MTV for like people like Kiss and Van Halen. <laughs> anyway, here's Jay-Z. And it's like, sure, absolutely. I, it's just, it's, it's interesting to think about Jay-Z at that point, you know, like he, he's just such an imperial person now, but like just him as just a normal everyday superstar, you know, who's, who's willing to do a medley of his big songs and be introduced by a professional wrestler on the VMAs. <laughs> like this is just, this is a rare glimpse at Jay-Z when he was simply like famous, you know, before he became, you know, like royalty or whatever. Like it's just, he's the, he's the weird, he's the guy I wasn't expecting to see here at all because I would have assumed that he was too good or thought he was too good for this even in 1999. So the fact that he's still among the people playing ball in and of itself is shocking to me. Yeah, and I guess now so much of my perception of him is as Beyonce's husband. Right, mm -hmm. And right. seeing him without Beyonce was yeah. just like a real shock for me. And like <laughs> I, I hadn't really thought about this version of Jay-Z in so long. Yeah, and it was actually more jarring to see Lauren Hill play ball and be so happy because that's just so counter to her public persona now I was like oh yeah she she was a participant in this culture before she rejected it and yeah and seemingly grateful and mm -hmm. like emotional about winning and like very humble also her outfit was amazing I know we we're gonna hand out best <laughs> outfits later but like I would wear the whole thing it was very Brooklyn <laughs> 2019 like a lot of monochromatic linens ahead of her time very ahead of her time the next one is maybe the answer to this question. <laughs> I already know what you're going to say. So. <laughs> For anyone who was alive in 1999, you're probably aware of what I'm about to say. It is Diana Ross jiggling mm -hmm. Lil' Kim's boob. I think it's a new Supremes. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Well, Diana, we're going to follow your lead. It feels like the Supremes up here. What y'all think? Lil' Kim was wearing a pasty. How, how would you describe this outfit, Kate? Uh, also ahead of its time. <laughs> <laughs> so it's sort of, it's a jumpsuit, but one boob is basically uncovered and then she has a pasty covering her nipple of the same, it's purple of the same color. Mm -hmm. I don't know how else to describe it besides saying uh, one shoulder jumpsuit with accompanying boob pasty. It's from the live action uh, Little Mermaid. Yes. Coming out in 2020. <laughs> yeah, so D Diana Ross, the whole circumstance surrounding this, I had sort of forgot about. Mm -hmm. It's kind of weird. Like Mary J. Blige and Lil' Kim are introducing or presenting for best rap video. Yes. And then they're like, also shout out Diana Ross. And then she just comes out, mm -hmm. <laughs> hugs Lil' Kim and jiggles her boob. Mm -hmm. Weird. It was weird. <laughs> Actually, fairly far down on my list of like confusing 
<laughs> bits, though. Sure. Right. What was going on with Heather Locklear and Limp Bizkit? Oh, God. That was rough. Yeah. That's that's like so, the first or second roughest moment of the entire thing. <laughs> we, have, we do have a category called What's Age the Worst? Okay. And I, it's going to be the longest category. <laughs> and that is okay, we'll at the top to of the list for sure. <laughs> Part really two of tough. this podcast, yes. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then my, my last nominee here is Madonna and her Parade of Crossdressers all yes. dressed up as the different versions of Madonna. And then that's really just an introduction for her to then introduce Paul McCartney, <laughs> who is, like, really having a good time. It's not really clear if he knows, like, what he's doing or where he is. <laughs> and then he and Madonna present the award for, I believe, the best song of the year. Uh, video of the year. I mean, it was the last one, I think. That's video like the big, of the year. It's the l- big one, quote, unquote, yes. And the award goes to Lauren Hill, but instead of saying Lauren Hill, Paul McCartney says, Me and Madonna would like to uh, announce the best video of the year, and you'll never guess who it is, man. It's some guy called Lawrence Hill. I love that guy. Rob, what is your theory for what happened here? I feel like that's Paul's maximum English humor, you know, which just sort of bubbles <laughs> up, you know, 10% of the time, you know, he's talking to anyone about anything. Like, I I think that's a joke, and I think that's a good-natured joke. It was very jarring. Like I, made, <laughs> like, I made, like, a very alarming series of noises, you know, sitting on my couch reliving that. I was like, wow. Like, I, and I'm watching Lauren Hill walk up, and it's like, is she going to acknowledge that? Like, it was... That was very nerve-wracking for me. But yeah, I, I, I think that's just I think that's just Sir Paul being Sir Paul, you know, at kind of the worst possible moment or the best possible moment, depending on your view of humanity, I guess. Okay, what do you think happened here? I, I didn't read that as a joke. I read that as him just being totally out of it. He just doesn't know. <laughs> I thought he was just like, oh, some guy named Lawrence Hill. I better pretend like I know who Did, he is. Do you think yeah. he read the name and was like, they misspelled this guy's name? Probably. <laughs> <laughs> it's surprising that Lauren Hill doesn't acknowledge it, right? I don't yes. even, I feel like it probably all happened so fast. It was the That's end of true. a long night. Yeah, I, I read it as Paul McCartney just not paying attention. That's It's <laughs> totally possible. Everything leading up to that point sort of suggests that that is maybe what's going on. I'm surprised I haven't read an oral history about Lawrence Hill yet. About like, I think we work was... for the website that would be most likely to produce that <laughs> Rob, piece of content. next week. Yeah. Oh, God. All right. See you guys. I got to start making some calls. <laughs> so, have I left any off? I just want to return to this Heather Locklear Limp okay, moment. Okay, let's do it. What was with, okay, you know how that guy kept falling on the ground? Yeah. What was that? <laughs> I Googled it. Okay, so if you, for any listeners who haven't recently rewatched the 1999 VMAs, there's a lot of weird things. Heather Locklear comes out with Limp Biscuit, and there's like weird sexist jokes, but that's not what I'm freaked out by. What I'm freaked out by is one of them just, he... I don't know. He like falls down numerous times. And this guy's ha- name is Wes Borland. Wes Borland. Are you okay? Yeah. I know him as no. the guy who would wear weird contacts. The contacts. Yes. He is not okay. <laughs> he is most definitely not okay at any point, including this one. Yes. Absolutely. So he just falls down in the middle of the presentation and then just is laying on the ground and then they pretend like nothing's happening. And it's kind of, I was like, did he have narcolepsy? <laughs> <laughs> 
I think he's doing like an anti-establishment thing. <laughs> like, it didn't come through. I was like, this guy might need medical attention. And then I go- tried to Google it, and there's like nothing on the internet about this. Yeah, we're we're gonna need like another 1999 music week that's just about the VMAs. Yeah, and it's all backstories about what happened on this night. Rob, are there any others that stand out for you? It's not a single moment, but like I have had Live in La Vida Loca in my head since I watched this. Like I feel like the song plays in full 50 times over the course of two <laughs> yeah. plus hours. I, you know, Chris Rock's opening speech is probably like the pinnacle of like the host having contempt for the stars. Like, are you ready for some lip syncing? Of course, is iconic on its own, but like he keeps coming back to Ricky Martin and just like, oh, great, this song again. Like, I had forgotten how insidiously catchy that song is and how ubiquitous it is. And like, he performs it as part of the medley. Like, he wins, I think, just one award Ricky Martin does, and he, but he's nominated for like a bunch of it. And it's just, it feels like it's one of those YouTube videos where La Vida Loca is just playing on a loop for two hours the entire time, like over other people's speeches and performances. Like I just, the, the, the total dominance of that song on, on your psyche is just, was just amazing to me to revisit. I forgot how much of a banger she's all I ever had was. That's pretty I love good. That song. Pretty good. Yeah, that song's underrated. good. <laughs> that song's great. I will say I laughed out loud very, very hard when Chris Rock called Johnny Depp the rich man ski <laughs> Yes. Absolutely. Just so you know where we were at in the 90s. <laughs> yes. That was a big highlight. I also like when he said to the boy bands, he said, have you watched the new kids on the block? Don't you know how this movie ends? <laughs> There's also a moment after Ricky Martin wins his one award when he says, I hope this is just the beginning. And oh, it's really tough. Yeah. It's a little sad. He's thriving, though. So who can we can we give this to Lil' Kim? Yes. Lil' Kim's boob? Yeah. It's the most indelible image of this night, I would say. All right, let's move on to the next category. It's the best award for the best award. Just to explain this a little bit. It's the award that you feel encapsulates... 1999 music the most. Rob, I'm going to kick this over to you first. <laughs> what do you think? Um, I went with Best Pop Video, which first of all has Fred Durst sexually harassing Heather Locklear, which, you mm. know, was a very 90s concept, unfortunately. Uh, the nominees there, uh, Backstreet Boys, I Want It That Way, Britney Spears, Baby One More Time, J-Lo, If You Had My Love, which was up for a ton of stuff and didn't win anything, I don't think, and NSYNC tearing up my heart. I, I you know, if, if, you're, if you're looking for the category that shows us where pop music was at and where it would be going very aggressively, you know, for the next three or four years like that was it you know next year 2000 belongs to NSYNC you know and it sort of sinks from there and Napster takes over and the, and the teen pop thing dies but it's I, I think you need Britney in this category because like there's other than Madonna maybe there's no single artist who has like a weirder longer rougher relationship with the VMAs than Britney Spears like she's been on top at the VMAs she's been like sort of hung out to dry at the VMAs mm-hmm. as she was like the year where she did uh, I forgive me more you know and she just looked completely out of it and it was like why did you let this person go on stage in the first place like as Kate said, like just seeing Britney Young 
and fairly relatively wholesome was just a very striking thing to revisit now. And yeah, I, it's it, it, what makes Chris Rock's monologue, you know, jokes throughout the night so great is just his contempt, open contempt for like the teen pop and for the ubiquity of Ricky Martin. And yeah, you know, I feel like that category just sort of encapsulates all of that. Okay, what do you think? So there were two that stood out for me as saying a lot about this time this specific time in the music industry best video from a film uh-huh. um i don't know if that category <laughs> still exists but i just seeing the nominees so uh, madonna won for beautiful stranger from austin powers also a great yeah. song yes then uh Aaliyah was nominated for are you that somebody which was apparently from dr <laughs> doolittle like what? right yeah. and then will smith wild wild west but then jay-z can I Ghetto was apparently from Rush Hour, which I also didn't remember. It was just strange I didn't remember that, that. Yeah. yeah, that that this whole video from a film was a thing then. Mm-hmm. Is it still a thing? I don't think they have this category. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, so that just struck me as very of the moment, both in terms of who was nominated and this sort of tenuous relationship between these videos and the films that they were for. Like, are you that somebody absolutely did not need to be affiliated with Dr. Doolittle? Like, <laughs> yeah, I don't I don't know the connection there. <laughs> um, so that, yeah, that really stuck out to me. And also, they had an award for best website. I'm glad you brought this up. I'm really <laughs> glad you brought this up. <laughs> Keep going. And, you know, the Red Hot Chili Peppers won. David Bowie was nominated, which sort of explained his presence as a— he he gave yeah. away one of the awards too, and I was like, "That's a little beneath him," but okay. <laughs> um, we got Cheryl Crow, Jennifer Lopez, Limp Bizkit, Massive Attack, and the Smashing Pumpkins were also nominated. Shout out Massive Attack! I know, <laughs> and I'm pretty sure that the only thing you had to do to get nominated for this category was to have a website. <laughs> <laughs> that wasn't you- an angel fire. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> Were you were you able to like jump in the Wayback Machine and see any of these websites? I should have. I haven't done. I that yet. I was I was trying to a little bit, mm-hmm. and all the websites now are like just advanced and not as fun. Yeah. Like I'm looking for I'm looking for something super '90s here. Yeah, that's just an incredible category that they're like. We need to start acknowledging websites. <laughs> yes, it's very much um, a hint of the like the current. Or the fact that the internet was about to play a much larger role in artists' popularity and their careers and, like, everyone's relationship to music was, like, hinted at in this category. Yeah, that that is an amazing category. The uh, one other one I thought was amazing is uh, Breakthrough Video, which mm-hmm. it was won by Fatboy Slim's Praise You, which it, it's the music video where a dance troupe just dances on the street and it's very grainy footage. It's a great video. I love that video. <laughs> I want to talk about Fatboy Slim. We can, yeah. we can. Uh, he beat Busta Rhymes, Gimme Some More, Eels, Last Stop This Town, Eminem and Dr. Dre's Guilty Conscience, Corn's Freak on a Leash, which didn't win enough, if you ask me. Mm-hmm. Like I, Pretty good I video. Thought, yeah. And then Uncle's Rabbit in Your Headlights <laughs> featuring Tom York. Um, <laughs> <laughs> But I thought I thought it was funny because they sort of gave this award to the directors of the videos, and it just seemed to me to really capture this time when like so much thought was still put into music videos, and they were so central to pop music at the time. 
And I also thought it was funny that Roman Coppola was one of the directors. I did not know this. He would later go on to be nominated for an Oscar, so good for him. He's all over the place. And Spike Jones. And Spike and Jones. And Spike Jones. I was I was very confused. I think this was the award where they all came up, and I was like, Fatboy Slim's a group? Like, I thought it was just a guy, and then I was looking online, and then I was like, oh, I see what's happening. It was Spike Jones in, like, in character. Yeah. He's doing something. I can't. He's pretending to be, like, a local dance community leader. Yeah, yeah. Right. It is confusing. It was. It was um, sort of also this precursor to sort of uh, like the whole whatever Joaquin Phoenix did when he pretended to be a rapper. This whole like, I'm yeah. gonna put on, I'm gonna go in character for this award show and really play with celebrity. I wasn't expecting that. I forgot about this. I I remember I was ten years old when mm-hmm. this happened, and <laughs> it was an important night for me. I remember like being hyped the whole day to watch this. Well, your parents were nice than mine. Yeah, yeah really. <laughs> and I remember that happening. It'd be like, wait, so wh- which one is Fat Boy Slim? Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, wh- <laughs> just my 10-year-old self being so confused and you know, my parents being unable to explain it to me. So who do we want to give the award to? Best websites? Yes. <laughs> I, I think, think so. that's yeah. that's just the most late 90s thing I've ever heard. The internet's going to be big, man. <laughs> Um, all right, let's move on to another category. It's called Most Outrageous Look. This one, you could probably just open like a Getty slideshow and mm-hmm. like everyone right. could win it. Just in general, there was a lot of like post-apocalyptic leather going on. Yeah, TLC's outfit. TLC, AJ from the Backstreet Boys is wearing a crop top when they perform. Oh yeah, male crop tops. Yeah. What happened to those? What? <laughs> It didn't pick up. <laughs> why Why did that not lift off? I don't know. Rob, as an RA, were you ever I, like, <laughs> let me pop a crop top on? <laughs> I don't think so. Not even in the 90s. Yeah, I, I was too professional for that. Another nominee is uh, Prince's royal blue latex outfit. I dig it. Mm-hmm. It was really good. You first see it when he's sitting down, and you're just like, wow, that's a full blue latex outfit. And then when he walks on stage, you realize that they're latex bell bottoms, which really shocked me. Mm-hmm. I didn't know what to think. There was a, a mini revival of 70s looks, like late 60s, mm-hmm. early 70s looks at that time. I think Austin that was the Powers. year. Yeah, I was like, was he, <laughs> was he influenced His by influence. Austin Powers? <laughs> Mike <Yeah>. Myers' influence. <laughs> oh. Another red red hair was really big. I, I mentioned that mm-hmm. uh, Joey Fatone had full-on red hair. Gavin Rossdale from Bush also went yes. full red, which is just crazy. A lot of Bush jokes, by the way, mm-hmm. that I don't know if any of them landed. Um, but my my winner is Jonathan Davis from Corn and his white sweatsuit with a giant white top hat. Just the best thing I've ever seen. That's a strong contender. Uh, Pamela Anderson. Also a top hat. Was hurt. Yeah, I was like, Oh my God, did you, how'd you breathe? She was like corseted up so intensely. Those, I think those are the corsets that Kim Kardashian like advertises yeah, on Instagram. Yeah, I, I was like, Jesus Christ. And then uh, whatever Kid Rock was doing, his red fedora. I remember that look being like kind of impressed by it, honestly. <laughs> Good Halloween costume, Kid Rock. Oh my gosh. And then Kid Rock's um, sidekick? That didn't age well. I guess we'll talk Joe about it. Yeah. 
poor Josie, and he died a year later, which yeah. is very sad. Yeah. yeah. R.I.P. Josie. He looked happy, but that was weird. Um, <laughs> like, That's Kid Rock in a nutshell. He looked happy. That was weird. Rob, who are some of your nominees here? I was drawn to the people who dressed down or like tried to. Like Carson Daly is wearing just a black suit. He looks like a low-level mafia boss. I think that he was out there also with Pamela Anderson to sort of explain the VMA's process, you know, the accounting. You know, yeah. like I don't think as a I thing appreciated that they, even, that they did that. <laughs> I don't think they do that anymore. Uh and David Bowie. Yeah, the yes. blue casual blue sweater. David Bowie looked good. Our colleague, uh, Alan Siegel, reminded me this morning of Structure. Remember Structure? It was like a hipper, like, gap, sort of. And it, it looks like David <laughs> yeah. Bowie yeah. shops at Structure and is going to be playing, you know, Alice in Chain songs at open mic nights that evening. I really, I was drawn to that look, probably for pretty obvious reasons. <laughs> How did you feel about Moby's metallic gold <laughs> suit? <laughs> Moby was only DJing his own songs. Yes, what? What, yes. what the yeah. hell? Like Moby, God, it's the most Moby thing yeah. that Moby could have done. TL, yeah, we mentioned TLC. Pamela Anderson with the giant pink, uh, bunt like fluffy top hat. Mm-hmm. Tommy Lee in oh, just a trench coat. His flasher look that was yeah. interesting. He said, "We we rock the trench coat naked." No one responded to it. No. Did not get the cheers he thought it would. I cheered. <laughs> was this right after their sex tape came out? That's what I was assuming. Uh, I think the sex tape is more like early 90s. Okay, so he was comfortable enough to joke about that, I'm guessing. Right? Yeah. 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 Yeah, that was <laughs> that was interesting. And also, I mean, we've already referenced this, but little, little Kim's- Lil' Kim. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, again, she probably wins here mm-hmm. um, just for- what her outfit then caused. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, who's your winner? I mean, it's Lil' Kim. Lil' Kim? Yeah. Rob? Lil' Kim. Absolutely. Absolutely. Lil' Kim, Kim just sweeping the VMAs like <laughs> Lauren Hill did. <laughs> Let's now move on to the weirdest coupling of the night, which you could just go on Wikipedia and read the entire presentation list because none of them make sense. But... Some of mine, uh, Wyclef Jean and Charlotte Church. That was strange. Doing a weird good, thing. Good chemistry, I thought, actually. <laughs> you know, it's, it's opposites attract. Very uh, Andy Samberg and Sandra O oh sort of vibe from them, quite frankly. <laughs> yeah, I th- she, she sang a little opera. You know, he made her sing a little opera. It's, they look totally comfortable together. Charlotte Church was game. I was, was. Googling her after this because I was like, well, what's she up to now? And... She is uh, still making music, but she's also like an activist, a celebrity activist. So I think that her rubbing shoulders with Wyclef like started. There we go. She, yeah, she's helping out Haiti. Uh, I think if not Haiti in particular, like she would support it. <laughs> <laughs> she's doing a um, a lot of different like little things, but yeah. she's like a left-wing activist. Good for her. Yeah. You know? Is she is she still a hit maker even in like a Susan Boyle type sense or was that... I was trying to remember what I could of her actual pop career and it, I don't remember it being terribly long. I don't think she really had a pop career. I think it was just one of those weird times that everyone right. started listening to this one yes. opera album. I'm going the to assume 90s, Oprah was involved in that <laughs> with, with absolutely no evidence of whether or not that's true. 
That has to be right. Another one. I'm just going to read this direct quote from uh, Chris Rock. Please welcome Buddy Hackett and the kids from the Blair Witch Project. <laughs> that was the one I picked as the weirdest. <laughs> That's the winner. That's the winner. My name is Buddy Hackett. I don't know how I got here. I'm 75 years old. He was funny, though. He was. Yeah, I appreciated that. What happened to the kids from Blair Witch Project? Uh, I don't know. Alyssa wrote a great piece about the Blair Witch Project, our, our co-worker Alyssa Bresnik. I think she interviewed some of them, but I'm not sure what their post-Blair Witch careers actually looked like. I don't think they tried very hard to be like superstar actors, honestly. Like I, I didn't get the sense that they went for it. I think they were pretty freaked out, you know, by having to do things like this and were maybe a little relieved, you know, when they didn't have to do things like this anymore. I, I you kind of get that impression from the like just them presenting at the VMAs. Yes, absolutely. It's it's there's always got to be one awkward, you know, like industry professional with decided non-professionals sort of awkwardness thing happening at any one given VMAs. And so that that ticked that box. What are the couplings that's, that stood out to you, Rob? Uh, Method Man and Janine Garofalo. <laughs> they, uh, were they, they were hanging out all yeah. night. <laughs> I, it seemed that way. They were they were getting along well. Amira uh, Savino and Freddie Prinze Jr. Yeah, Freddie Prinze, uh, a, a self-professed person who modeled his career after Frank Sinatra, apparently. Yeah, I could tell. I could totally tell that from the first time I saw Freddie Prinze. Kate, are there any others for you? Uh, I was honestly so blown away by the Heather Locklear Limp Biscuit situation that that's like all that I could think about for a while. But then, yeah. yeah the, and then the Buddy Hackett and the Blair Witch Kids. Yeah. Yeah. We're going to just transition because let's just finally talk about <laughs> Limp Biscuit And... In the next category of what's aged the worst, mm-hmm. the general over like overwhelming presence of sexual harassment is just really tough. It was, it was intense. I mean, actually, when I was watching it, I was like, "Oh, this explains why, why I had such fucked up views about men and women when I was a teenager." <laughs> I'm like the basically. Every other presenter couple, the joke was that the dude wanted to fuck the girl. Yes. Puff Daddy (laughs) and Denise Richards was Mm -hmm. also like this. Yeah. Didn't they introduce Denise Richards by saying that everyone wanted to get in her pants? I I wrote down the line. It was, everyone wants to go to his parties and everyone wants to get in her panties. Yeah. Yikes. That's awful. Yeah, it's it's weird that Chris Rock is the one like he's a front man and she's bringing up the rear. I think was uh, Mark McGrath and J Lo, mm-hmm. and like the Heather Locklear thing starts with they're a rock band known for sleeping with starlets, and she's a starlet known for sleeping with rock bands. Like it's mm-hmm. it's it's dismaying, you know. If you could put it all on Fred Durst, which is what we usually try and do in these <laughs> situations, but like it's it's Chris Rock leading the show and like setting that tone, which as you say is is pervasive. Yeah. I, I- as a, again, as a ten-year-old, I I'm sure I internalized <laughs> this in a dangerous way, but I do not remember it at all. Yeah, I didn't remember it. There was also a really awkward joke about a child being punched by Bobby Brown. Yes. Yeah. This is Chris Rock. This was that Chris Rock. It's his final joke. Yeah. <laughs> so that tells you how proud he was of this joke. That he's like, this is gonna kill it. 
Yeah. And it's it's about an MTV show called Fanatic, which I barely remember. Do you remember this show at all? I do a little bit. It was it was about super fans. Yeah. 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 And the the joke is that Bobby Brown punched his fanatic in the face. Yeah. Snoop Dogg found it really funny. Well, it was a different. I mean, I can't. I can't fault anyone for laughing at these jokes because I probably did laugh at them. But it's just a little bit jarring how they came one right after another. It was sort of like one of the themes of the evening. Definitely. And I completely forgot about it. Rob, what's what's on your list? The other one that really freaked me out was Renee Zellweger and Jay Moore, uh, who were doing the International Viewers' Choice Awards. And Jay Moore just told a string of jokes about like real world Somalia, et cetera, et cetera, which like I don't even feel like repeating or paraphrasing, but it was just very, very, very uncomfortable. Extremely insensitive by Jay Moore. (laughs) Yeah. Really not a good look. I have a quote from Wyclef Jean that Mm -hmm. is My new single's coming out with Bono. And then he says it's on sale for two ninety nine at $2.99 Best Buy. Two ninety nine at Best Buy. Good deal. That's a great deal. <laughs> Wait, what was it? I don't remember this song. It was. It was like a. It was like a benefit song. Um, okay. <laughs> you know. You know. Classic Bono stuff. <laughs> it's called New Day. They made multiple <laughs> versions of it. It is not called New Day. It's called New Day. That's yeah. like every Bono's. Oh man! Wow. <laughs> In support for NetAid. Maybe this is what Charlotte, Charlotte Church heard yeah. this and she was like, I got to get. <laughs> yeah. I got to get to some, some activism. Of this. <laughs> um, another one, uh, Moby DJing in a gold suit, I thought was just, Moby in general has not aged well. His own oh. songs. DJing his own songs. Was Natalie Portman at the VMAs, do you Ooh, think? Oh, I hope not. She was, she, was, she was hiding if she was. Moby will tell you that yeah. she was, but she was definitely The right not. strategy. Oh, I know what I wanted to talk about. So this has, it's not the thing itself that hasn't aged well, but the, that which it wrought, which okay. is, I love the Fatboy Slim video yes. for Praise You. The dance number was very well done at the VMAs. However, it did sort of play a pivotal role in ushering the concept of flash mobs into Ooh. the world. And like, yeah, yeah, you're right. Yeah. Good point. So thanks a lot for that. Thanks, Fatboy. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Speaking of things that have aged badly, Chris Rock made a Fatboy Slim joke that I'm not even going to repeat. Yeah, right, right. He right. uses a uh, he uses the R word. Oh yeah, mm-hmm. just like he does. The '90s. The '90s. Yeah, <laughs> that's <laughs> that's how we can sum up this podcast. Is just the oh, '90s. God. There's also uh, I don't know if you guys caught it when the Backstreet Boys win, they go on stage and somebody cuts in front of them and says, "Wake up at three. I did catch that because I was, I Googled that and there was a little explanation. Well, Hit it us. was, it was that, it was a guy who snuck in and he was trying to convince Viacom, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, mm-hmm. he was trying to convince Viacom to make a television show that he had written and he thought it was some sort of like a guerrilla marketing tactic. Yeah. <laughs> this guy is now the editor in chief of Gothamist. I did not no, know that. No, he is that. not. He is. <laughs> did you? So we should probably ask him why he did that. He wrote He wrote a piece that's on Medium mm-hmm. that explains his whole thought process. Okay, I did not see that, so I don't know the details. But yeah, he, he, <laughs> he snuck in and he thought that Wake Up at 3 was going to be this thing. It was like a show for stoners who it would air at 3 a.m. Okay. And so that was his whole plan. 
the the problem was it was going to be like a, a lo-fi thing and then Blair Witch Project came out mm. and kind of like scooped him on the lo-fi thing. Why did he choose the the Backstreet Boys? Did like, like he thought he'd get his ass kicked like the least chance of his getting his ass kicked by preempting this artist? Like I what think, made him go yeah, with that? I, I think probably. Rob, are there any other things on your list of things that have aged poorly? It's aged poorly, and, and the VMA still do it, but they bring out Aerosmith just at random intervals. Always. Like spe- <laughs> speaking, speaking as someone who was taping Aerosmith videos off MTV in like 1985, you know, <laughs> shout out, shout out, Angel, which is my favorite Aerosmith song. Like I, I had forgotten about the dominance, the the very brief dominance of Kid Rock in general. But like Kid Rock comes out and he brings out Run DMC because it's still that era where like yeah. a white rapper feels compelled to bring out like actual rappers for cred purposes and then Aerosmith shows up you know and does they do the walk this way thing and Steven Tyler and Kid Rock do this cute little thing where they like keep tossing the mic to each other and I was sitting there watching I was like there's no way someone's going to drop the mic and like neither of them dropped the mic at any point it was very impressive but I yeah it's was it two years ago now that uh, Post Malone came out with Aerosmith (laughs) you know it's just it's very very funny to me that you know, like Aerosmith were pretty old in 1999. Like they were past the whole the, the Get a Grip album and everything. Like it's it's very funny that they're still the official MTV VMAs shorthand for rock band. You know, in 2017, as they were in 1999, as they were in the 80s when they were actually a big deal. Yeah, seemingly no connection to Kid Rock other than Kid Rock being a melding of right. rap and rock. Yeah, I Absolutely. know that they were trying to sort of call back to the original Aerosmith run DMC collaboration, which was like this supposed to symbolize the the, the breaking of walls. Yeah. The they bra- literally the break boundary, up down a wall. The, the boundary video. blurring of music. And I think that they were trying to be like, hey, these guys like Kid Rock, so you can like Kid Rock too. Yeah. You want to talk about Joe C a little bit? Yeah, R.I.P. my my small friend. He was um he was Kid Rock's sidekick. Yep. He was very short because he su- he actually had a celiac disease and he yeah. suffered from rare complications from celiacs that impacted his growth. Oh. And it caused a number of other health problems, which is why he passed away the next year in, in 2000 when he was only 26 years old, which is horrible. Um, I Googled him after the performance because I was like, yeah. I completely forgot about the existence of this guy. Um, and Kid Rock met him a few years earlier, and he was a big Kid Rock fan. He came to all of his shows when he was just starting uh-huh. off, and then he played some music for Kid Rock, and he Kid Rock, I guess t- kind of to his credit, I don't know how I feel about it, but he, he was like, I like this guy. I want to bring him on tour with me, and he did, and they were friends. And it was kind of weird because he used Josie as like a, a prop in an uncomfortable mascot. way. Yeah, yeah, mascot is probably. Yeah, so it's one of those things where you're like, this feels demeaning to him, but to give his, he was, I mean, he was an adult. He obviously enjoyed doing it, so I don't want to diminish the fact yeah. that he did get to make a living as a musician or because of Kid Rock, so I don't know. But yeah, Josie died too young, but... He had some moments in the spotlight. I do think Kid Rock has gotten demonstrably worse since Josie's passing. Yes. I think he like, probably would have been a. We could chart that. Yeah. Uh, a moderating force. He only had Uncle Cracker to help <laughs> yeah. him out at yeah. that point. 
Uh, uh, all right, so what's the overwhelming winner of what's aged the worst? Oh, God. I think uh, we can say it. I think we know that the just the, the ubiquitous presence of sexual harassment. That I mean, yeah. it all aged badly, but yeah, that was yeah. that was a lot. So <laughs> on that note, mm-hmm. let's uh, turn it to a little bit more positive, and let's say w- <laughs> let's try to figure out what has aged the best. I'll say a, a few a few things here. Mm-hmm. Um, Lauren Hill's just domination of this ceremony. I think the moment with Afeni Shakur and Valletta Wallace, the uh, mothers of Tupac and Notorious B.I.G. Um, I think Prince openly admitting that he refused to perform 1999 and instead deciding to announce TLC. And then David Bowie saying, thank you, Chris, yo. (laughs) And uh, he did a little fist bump as well, yeah. (laughs) With a yo. What do you think, Kate? What are some other ones? I mean, a lot of this music really holds up. Some of the performances, I mean, watching them now, I could see how much, uh, like, just the simple act of televising live musical mm-hmm. acts has improved because, like, the sound quality wasn't that good. Yeah. But a lot of the performances were great still. What's your um, favorite one? Either Lauren Hill or... Uh, Praise, the Praise You Dance Praise I you. loved. Yeah, that, yeah. One is, that one's a good yeah. uh, assembly. Uh, yeah, so I mean, I think that like the nuts and bolts of this ceremony work. As much as Chris Rock, he made some fucked up jokes, but in general, he was a great host. Yeah. And I will I will always be very grateful for that Ski Ulrich joke. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Ulrich? Um, oh, Adam Horowitz. Like the Beastie yes, Boys. That's right. Not only did it hold up, it was like very ahead of its time. Like so the Beastie Boys won an award and spent a lot of their speech arguing against sexual assault. And at uh, Woodstock ninety nine. At Woodstock ninety nine and and asking for their fans to treat women with respect, which was very progressive. Yeah, and, and demanding that some some protocol protocol mm-hmm. be put in place to sort of protect women at concerts. Yeah. There's a weird moment when he's doing this where Diana Ross seems to try and cut him off. Did you notice that? I, I did. Like she she hands him the award again as if to remind him that he is accepting an award. It's it's not entirely clear what she's trying to do, but she's trying to like disrupt it in some fashion. Yeah, I did catch that. Yeah. <laughs> weird night for Diana yeah, Ross. Yeah, she was <laughs> yeah. she was doing a lot. Rob, uh, what it, what about you? I think Lauren Hill is the clear winner. I agree with Kate that it's just startling to watch her like playing ball in this way. Like that was in retrospect a very short period. And it's just, it's striking. You know, I've seen Lauren Hill live several times. I've waited an average of four hours uh, (laughs) per show for her to come out on stage. You know, the versions of those songs that she does are very often like very hostile and unrecognizable. And just to have her go out and just play the songs straight with like this exuberance and this sort of happy to be here sort of attitude. Like I, she has very justifiable reasons for sort of unplugging from this whole thing, but to watch her plugged into the whole thing is, is, 
is really, really striking. Just to remember how dominant she was that year, both at the VMAs and at the Grammys, whenever that was. And uh, yeah, I just it's that was the most nostalgic moment for me. Purely was just watching her in her prime and enjoying her prime, which I don't think she enjoyed it. It seems for very long. Uh, yeah. Kate kind of threw me off the flash mob thing, but like the Fat Boy Slim <laughs> video, I, <laughs> I, I, I think that was a pretty good moment for for the VMAs overall. Like Spike Jones is definitely Michelle Gondry, like that class of directors. I think are pretty much single-handedly responsible for sort of extending MTV's, you know, relevancy, cultural lifespan for like a few years at least. Like the the videos that came out of this period, like the, I think about the Bjork ones, mm-hmm. the other ones that Spike did. Like it's that that's that's one of the better videos of this era for sure. Just in terms of being totally disruptive and in just sort of it's sort of bringing the internet to the VMAs in the only good possible way, really. I think my single favorite moment overall is um, like breakthrough video is announced. Fatboy Slim wins and there's a shot of Madonna in the crowd looking disgusted. <laughs> and then and then they announce best music video from a film and Madonna wins for Beautiful Stranger and like gets like a really long applause break mm-hmm. and there's a shot of Prince in the crowd looking disgusted. <laughs> like that was that was my favorite sequence. I was wondering what was going also, on there. I loved yeah, those those hostile yeah. reactions. Yeah, this is this is from the era where it was secretly the best part of the show and not the VMAs realized that it's the whole show, right? Because like right. after, I guess you'd say after Kanye and Taylor, like the interaction between the stars themselves unscripted became the entire point to watch this. And at this point, it's still, that kind of stuff is still theoretically an accent piece. Like they don't, they're not overdoing it yet, but it's still definitely the best part of watching it. It's a good point that you you bringing up Kanye and Taylor. That was 2009. So oh, we've wow. got this like 10-year interval of just iconic VMA moments. <laughs> um, <laughs> what will Post Malone do to uh, oh. this year? One other thing that I want, four nominees per category is just like a very efficient, good way to do something. We've right. gotten like to this point where like we're bloating categories and all of these, maybe it just speaks to the year and music, but like all of the categories were like, wow, that's stacked. Like, mm-hmm. who's going to win? And, you know, when TLC wins, they keep being like, I don't know how we beat the Backstreet Boys. Um, but just having four was just a very clean way to do things. And I, I really liked it. I don't think any awards ceremony should have more than five. Yeah, I agree. Four it, to five. Perfect. Yeah. So, Kate, Lauren Hill? Yeah, yeah. Lawrence Hill, should I say? <laughs> Lawrence Hill. <laughs> the miseducation of Lauren Hill, I mean, it came out in 98, right? Mm-hmm. So it's technically yeah. not the best album of 99, but as far as the albums, like, the albums that could have been nominated for this mm-hmm. show, it was the the clear, like, masterpiece yeah. that really holds up. It was, it was impressive, or... It was cool to see even then people mm-hmm. being like this was the like David Bowie being like I had to introduce Lauren Hill. Mm-hmm. Just like everyone knowing that she had made something incredible. Rob, do you also give give this award to Lauren Hill? Absolutely. I think when Prince is on stage, whatever he, he says, like turn on Lauren Hill's mic, you know, just sort of out of nowhere. I think, yeah, all the the deep respect that that the old timers such as they are had for her. You know, in addition to all the people below her. Yeah, I think Lauren definitely was the best part. One other that I'm going to, I agree with you both that Lauren Hill, you know, it's just like 
a great thing to see, and it's uh, it's a real time capsule. But one other one is that Wyclef, as he Wyclef just had a night, but when he's present, <laughs> when he finishes his little bit with Charlotte Church, and they're about to cut away to the nominees, he quickly says, "Ja Rule, I see you." <laughs> Which you I didn't know John ja, you don't see Ja Rule for the entire night. Maybe he's not even there. But I just like that as like a wow, Ja Rule, he's really just had quite the career arc. So I did get really nostalgic watching it, but I also got like, hmm, we've grown a lot. <laughs> I'm I'm comfortable leaving this in 1999. Yes. It was a reminder that the music was great and the culture had a lot of room to improve. The leather was really good too. <laughs> Thank you both for joining me. Uh, Rob, thanks for calling in. Absolutely. I think of both of you as very young and in the prime of your lives. That's I very appreciate cool. that. <laughs> Everyone else, thanks, <laughs> thanks for listening to Ringer Dish and Definitely make sure to go to theringer.com to check out our ranking of the 40 best albums and the 40 best singles of 1999 and everything else we've got on the year in music. It's really it's really great stuff. Also check out Rob's piece on LFO and so good. the year in music. It's incredible. <laughs> Thank you. Thanks again. Uh, shout out Lawrence Hill. <laughs> <laughs>